because in the past, I had to always look over my shoulder and the people that were being nice to me were either trying to rob me, um, fuck my girl, uh, steal from me, uh, you know, whatever it might have been. They had some sort of agenda behind it. I never actually experienced what nice people and genuine people were like. What is up, legends? Welcome to another episode of the Interchange Podcast. And today, I'm going to be talking about the positives and the negatives that came out of jail for me. So as a lot of you guys know, I was addicted to ice for about eight years. And across that eight years, I spent about four years locked up across six small stints. Now, most of these stints were about maybe a month to six months long. Yeah, so very small ones. But the longest one, the one that really changed me was a year and a half. And across this year and a half, I was working in what they call the reception wing. And the reception wing is pretty much where everyone that comes fresh off the street will land. So they come in, they go through the reception wing, they detox for a few days, and then they get sent out into another unit, uh, depending on, I guess, their crimes, the people they know, the people they don't want to be associated with, all that sort of stuff. Now, I worked in the reception wing for about a year of this time when I was in there for a year and a half. And across this year, I started to see a lot of the same people coming back through. Some people I was seeing three or four times. So as you can imagine, this is one of those things where it was like, fuck, is this really what I want? So I started to think about the changes I wanted to make. And some of the positives that really came out of jail that I probably wouldn't have picked up on before that were habits, behavior, mindset, exercise, nutrition, and recovery. Now, those six pillars are something that I still use to this day to help coach the people that I work with. But the first time I really was introduced to them was in jail, and I didn't realize at the time how beneficial and how powerful these things were going to be in my life. So for instance... Habits, the things that we do every day, yeah, the things that are done day in and day out without conscious thought, uh, the things like getting up and brushing your teeth, the things like maybe having a coffee before anything else, maybe even lighting a cigarette to have with your coffee. Those are habits. So I want you to think about one habit that you're currently probably not thinking about con- consciously, which is maybe working against you rather than for you. What is that one thing that is helping you, or sorry, which is pushing you further away from your goals rather than helping you move towards them? The second thing is, or the second part of the pillars is uh, behavior. So behavior comes down to something similar to mindset, which I'll talk about next. But behavior is the way that you behave in certain situations, the way that you show up as yourself every day. Now, we have full control of this. You might not have full control of your circumstances, but you have full control of how you behave in relation to your circumstances. So in turn, the way you behave is completely on you. You have no one else to blame for that but yourself. Uh, So this is something I learned from in there as well. I could have been in there and been like a lot of the other people that play the victim card and being poor me, poor me, poor me. And, you know, get angry at the screws, punch on with other prisoners over small shit, things like that. But I chose not to be like that. And in turn, my jail was pretty easy. Then we have mindset. Now, mindset is the one that I think is most important because how you think is how you act and how you act is how you're going to obviously show up in every uh, aspect of your life. So you can have a winner's mindset e.g. the glass is half full, or you can have a loser's mindset or a victim's mindset. And in other words, poor me and why is this happening to me and uh, the glass is half empty type of thing. But the thing is, it's all about what you focus on, yeah? So if you focus on all the negatives, that's all you're going to see. But if you start to focus on the, the positives in your life, the things that you're grateful for, then all of a sudden you're going to start to find more things to be grateful for and more positives are going to start to show up. It's not that they weren't there before. It's just that you've started to change your focus. And that's what mindset is all about. It's about what you focus your your energy and your mind on. Hey, hello. 
Sorry for interrupting your podcast, but I just wanted to quickly jump on and tell you about the must-have personal development tool for 2023, and it's called the Happier, Healthier You Journal. So I'll take you back to about six years ago. I'd just gotten out of jail for the last time and was starting my journey of personal development and growth. There was heaps of gurus, heaps of information available, but so much so that it became confusing. So I came up with the Happier, Healthier You Journal to help you to navigate what can be an absolute minefield. From the very get-go, you open the page and it'll challenge you to dive deep with self-assessments, daily activities, and check-ins to figure out exactly where you're at, where you'd like to be. And then from there, the journal becomes the tool to help you to bridge that gap. So to get your hands on this, click on the link below and don't forget to use Interchange 10 at checkout for a cheeky 10% off. I'll see you back over on the episode. Then we have exercise. Now, I'd never lifted a weight in my life before going to jail, but jail was the one thing that taught me that exercise and movement is the best medicine for the body because I was an ice addict, okay? When I went to jail for the first time, I was 59 kilos. And after getting out, the last time I was 80-something kilos, which is a pretty big jump. So you can imagine what I would have looked like being six foot, six foot something going into jail at 59 kilos, you know, iced out of my eyeballs, um, cheeks all sucked in like that and uh, long hair and just looking a real treat uh, and then to get out healthy a big part of this was obviously down to the exercise and also nutrition which i'll talk about in a sec but exercise doesn't mean that you have to go and lift a thousand kilos a day if you're trying to be a powerlifter, then lift all the weight but if you're just trying to show up as your happiest healthiest self do the things that make you feel good move your body in as many ways as possible each day uh, try and get out in the sunshine go for a walk if you're on the Gold Coast, um, even better, go for a walk on the beach. Um, but yeah, honestly, get out in nature and do more stuff with the body. It's going to make you feel good. And then we have recovery. I'm oh, sorry, not recovery, nutrition. And I think the best way to look at this is imagine if you had like a Lamborghini or a high-powered machine or a high-powered um, car, right? What kind of fuel would you put in it? It's not even a question, right? You put the best fuel that money could buy into that high-powered piece of machinery, so why is it we do anything different for our body? Now, I never understood this prior because I was smoking ice all the time. I was high. I was barely eating. But after being in jail, I realized that if I eat the right things and I eat enough of them, I'm going to feel good and I'm going to feel better than I was if I didn't. So this is something that's become uh, fundamental uh, for me is obviously eating the right kinds of food. And this is the thing. I'll admit it. Right now, I've slipped up a little bit. I'm about to start 75 hard again next week because I've been snacking like a motherfucker. But I'm honest about that and I know when it's time to pull it up. So I'm not going to let myself get to a point where it gets out of control. Then we have recovery. And once again, recovery is a big one. So whether you're out running for a marathon, whether you're out training for football, whether you're even just going to an office on a day-to-day basis or even just sitting on the couch, your body has tissue that breaks down, which means your body needs to recover. And if you're not giving your body um, the adequate, oh, sorry, the um, best environment to recover in, then you're not going to recover to the best of your ability. And in turn, your performance is going to drop. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt again. But if you're liking what you see so far, don't forget to like and subscribe and share with your friends. Remember, all your support is really appreciated and I'll see you back over on the episode. So recovery doesn't mean that you have to go to ice bars and do those sorts of things. Those are like last resort, like external stuff. The best way to recover is by sleeping. And when I was in jail, for the first time in my entire life, I think, I was sleeping between seven to nine hours every night because prior to that, once again, being a crackhead, I might have slept once or twice a week. But after I went to jail, sleep became so important to me that it was like a fundamental thing that I do every day without fail, trying to get that seven hours. Um, and trust me, ask my partner, if I don't get my seven hours, I'm a prick. 
I hate the world. I need to get that sleep. It's good for me. And it's good for you too. So these are the six pillars. It also taught me discipline. Jail taught me discipline in a big way. Um, and that, that previous lifestyle because I was so disciplined to doing the things I had to do every day to make sure that I would feel good even though I was in a shitty environment that it became something that was like second nature to me. Um, now, discipline is not about you know going and joining the army or anything like that. It doesn't have to be that, that uh, complicated. Discipline is about doing one small thing that you probably don't want to do, um, knowing that you might have a better outcome if you were to do it. So for instance, you know, um, for me, making my bed in the morning, that's discipline, yeah? You don't necessarily want to do it, but you do it because you know that getting back into that bed later on in the day is going to feel better than if you're getting into a bed that wasn't made. Can you see how it works? Or even, for instance, having the discipline to not go out on a Saturday night because you know you're going to save money, you're going to wake up fresh on Sunday, which means you're going to get a lot more, lot more done for your week. That's another um, um, example of discipline. So discipline comes in many shapes and forms, and it's something that you aren't born with. Okay, It's something that is learnt. Um, the more you practice it, the better you get at it, just like anything in life. Um, but there was a lot of negatives that obviously came from that as well. So still to this day, you probably notice it from time to time, I have stutters and I have speech impediments, um, which I don't think I ever had prior to using ice. Um, another big one which I want to talk about today is, and I think this is probably the focus for today's podcast, is the fact that I couldn't connect with people. After going to jail and after being in that world that I was in for a long time, I couldn't have sat here and spoken to the camera. I couldn't have sat across from someone that was wearing a suit and had a conversation with them because, well, number one, I felt inferior. Okay, there was a bit of that victim, not victim mindset, that imposter syndrome. I don't belong to be here. Someone else needs to be sitting here, not me. But the biggest part of it was the fear that I had. Not even the fear, probably the, what's the best way to put this? Um, Defense mechanism that I had instilled in me to not let people get close to me because in the past, I'd been seeing girls and they'd rob me. I'd been mates with people and they'd backstab me and fuck my girl or steal my money or steal my drugs. So I started to think that the whole world was like this because prior to that, when I was younger, I was very um, sheltered. I was very bubble wrapped by my parents. They didn't show me what the real world was like. And obviously, I moved out of home at 15, which really opened my eyes to things. But when I first moved out of home, um, I had no idea about this was what the world was like. It's very cutthroat. So I had to develop this defense mechanism where I'd let people get close but never too close. And I've actually caught myself lately doing this a little bit. So there's a couple of people that I've met through the run group I go to, Mega Run. And they reach out and hit me up to go for a coffee. And my immediate thought is, what the fuck do they want out of me? Are they gay and or do they want to rob me? And this is something that I've noticed throughout my life since getting out of jail that I don't let people get close to me because of my previous experiences, but that's something I need to let go of because there are good people out there and I now understand that. But this is something that I've struggled with for so long. But now, bringing attention to it for myself, whether you are maybe doing the same thing, you know, putting up a defense mechanism, putting up a wall that's stopping people from getting close to you, you're not helping yourself, yeah? The thing is there are good people out there. I'm sure you've been hurt before and you have those emotional wounds which are making you Oh, sorry, those, those emotional um, defense mechanisms which are helping you to put those walls up. But those walls aren't serving you. They are not serving you. They're actually stopping you from getting closer to your goals because they say obviously that your network, um, your net worth is your network, yeah? And if you're not networking with the right people, obviously pushing people away because you don't trust them like I have been for so long, then you're not going to be putting yourself in the best place for success because 
this is a thing. Obviously, I've spoken about this and I've actually did a post about this the other day, but surround yourself with four turkeys, you're going to become the fifth. If you surround yourself with four successful people, you'll have to level the fuck up to become the fifth. But in turn, to level the fuck up and become that fifth successful person, you first have to put yourself around those people, which means you need to drop the facade, you need to drop the walls, and you need to actually let these people in and actually connect with them, which is something I've struggled to do with for so long. So whether there was a bit of imposter syndrome there, I'm sure there was, and I'm going to talk about that on another episode a bit more in depth and what imposter, uh, imposter syndrome is, but pretty much for lack of a better way of explaining it, it's when you feel inadequate, when you feel like you don't deserve something, when you feel like you're not um, where you're meant to be because of whatever reasons and your victim mindset or your, um, uh, what's the word, inner critic. So... This is definitely something I had showing up for me. But the biggest part of it was because in the past, I had to always look over my shoulder and the people that were being nice to me were either trying to rob me, um, fuck my girl, uh, steal from me, uh, you know, whatever it might have been. They had some sort of agenda behind it. I never actually experienced what nice people and genuine people were like. But after obviously going through that process and coming out the other side, I now need to drop that. I need to work past that um, conditioning I have because if I don't, I'll always continue to think the worst of people and see the worst. And I even catch myself doing that from time to time. Someone gives me an excuse for not coming to training and I just automatically think the worst. Oh, must be on a fucking bender. Must have done this, must be done that. Because in the past, that's what I experienced is that people do the worst. They just lie. But the fact of the matter is there is good people out there. And this is a revelation that I've only come to terms with recently. And the reason I'm putting this out there for you guys is because I know there's a lot of you guys that are probably sitting there that have had emotional um, traumas and uh, traumatic events in their life. Um, and if there is anyone out there that's been through similar things to me, just know that there are good people and there are people there that do want to help you. And I'm one of them. So if you feel like you need some support around this area and you're struggling to trust people, reach out. I'm happy to have a chat with you about that because it's something that I had to work through. And obviously, success leaves clues and I have had success in that area. So if there's anything I can do to support you around that, please do not hesitate to reach out. That's what I'm here for. But it's definitely been a process. Let's put it that way. It's definitely been a process and something that I've had to sit with myself around and actually have that moment of realization to realize that the whole world isn't out to get us. But the thing is, we do live in a cutthroat world. So yes, keep your head on a swivel, but don't think the worst of everyone because you will miss so many opportunities. I can't tell you the amount of opportunities and things that I've missed due to my own inner anxiety around certain situations because of previous experiences. Um, and then in turn, how many other opportunities I've missed out because of that. But if you are someone that struggles with that, I want you to think about how that fear has impacted your life, okay? That fear of allowing people to get close, that fear of putting yourself out there for people to get to know. I want you to imagine that you were able to drop that fear. You were able to move past that fear to allow people to see the best side of you and give people your most uh, innermost self. How would life be different? And how would your life change if you were able to do that? Because for me, I can tell you right now, like I said, there's many opportunities that I've missed out on because of this simple fact of not trusting people. But yeah, sure, okay? Have your bullshit um, radar on, on high and pick up on that stuff. But don't think that the whole world is out to get you and don't mistrust everybody because there are people out there with good intentions. So if there's one takeaway from today's episode um, of the Interchange podcast, it's that do uh, English, good people do exist. Good to, people do exist. But if you find that you're surrounded by people that aren't good, 
then it's going to be hard to find those people. And that's obviously why I found uh, it very hard. And that would probably be the biggest thing that I took away from jail, which is still haunting me to this day, which is probably stopping me from reaching my goals quicker than I could be because I'm holding on to that past experience. The past is in the past for a reason. It doesn't have to become the future unless you allow it to. So what I do from here is completely on me. And what you do from here with your life is completely on you. Anyways, guys, uh, that's me for today. You know, there'll be another one out on Monday and I will talk to you guys soon.